Good morning, my friends. Happy Monday. Today I wanted to talk about parenting with respect. So this is something that has been a huge passion of mine and I absolutely love it. On my Instagram account, I started it in 2016 when we got a diagnosis for my second. I loved sharing things like parenting, motherhood, like whatever I'm into, whatever I'm doing, um, about disabilities, you know, all the things. So that's what I did and I loved it. And I created this little guide because I got super into parenting. Whenever I do something, I go all in and I want to know all the things and I want to learn as much as I can. And that's what I did with parenting because I got smacked in the face with it. And I was like, whoa, like, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. And so let's dive in. I'm going to talk about the guide too. So I will add that to the free content on my website. You can go download it, read it, let this help you, let this guide you. And I will also share my resources and the books that changed the game for me, my parenting, and helped me so much. So this will help you stay calm, set limits, and be the respectful parent you've always wanted to be. I knew when I started there was another way. Like you don't have to yell, scream, spank, discipline, okay? Parenting is about teaching. If you are a mom or you are a dad, you are a teacher. And parenting, it doesn't have to be hard, frustrating, and exhausting all the time, okay? It's simple. If you want to raise independent, emotionally strong, well-behaved children, this is how you do it. We're not perfect at all, but they're such good kids. They really are. They listen. They're so they're independent. They get ready for school. They get get dressed. They get their backpacks. They you know, do the things like yes, they're children. Do I have to tell them multiple times sometimes or they fight or they write like don't we're not perfect at all. I love the relationship we have and it's because of these tools and these things. So I'm telling you, it works, okay? So respectful parenting was a game changer for me. I knew I didn't want to yell. I didn't want to spank. I didn't want to use fear. I didn't want to shame them. I knew that emotions were nothing that needed to be punished. Because hello, emotions, when you become a parent, is that not the thing that you like realize? Because when you have that baby, that's exactly what happens from day one, right? Screaming, crying, all the emotions. Whew. That's why it's the best teacher. You can respectfully set limits and remain calm and not let your child's emotions get to you. They don't have to trigger you, and it's incredible. So Janet Lansbury is the expert that I came across that absolutely was, a, was the game changer. No Bad Kids is her book. Read it. So when I came across her, it just changed everything for me. So read her blog, follow her on social, read her book, just study her work. Rye Parenting, I believe is how you say it. The things that like have made the biggest difference, then I put them in my guide. So welcome. If you're a first time mom or dad, or maybe you have young kids and you're still kind of in the thick of it, welcome to the club. Welcome to the hood. <laughs> it is man it's awesome right it's the best 
and it is some of the most important work you'll ever do. Now I say you are the most important work you'll ever do because it 100% is. Parenting is second, okay? You won't get rewards, recognition, days off, paid, salary, but you'll show up day after day and it'll be one of the best things you ever do. And I hope that you will commit to that because these babies are such a gift and they are the best teachers. And you can take everything and all of this and what can I learn from it? Take your heart and your parenting. What can I learn from it? What can this teach me? Sometimes the days are so long, right? But the months and the years fly by. It's crazy. I can't believe I have a nine-year-old. My baby's nine. I think I put how old he was when I wrote this. So let's look. And on the hard days, I want you to remember that they're really not little for long. When I had Lincoln, I had a really hard day. I had such a hard transition to motherhood. He cried and cried and cried. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done being mom. I did not sign up for this. I do not know how to help this kid. Like, I don't know what to do. I thought, oh, I'm the oldest of five. I've babysat all the time. Like, I totally got this. Oh, no, I didn't. Nope. Absolutely didn't. I had no idea what was coming. And then you're trying to nurse and you're trying to heal and you're trying to figure it out being a mom. And wow, the best learning comes from parenting. You just wait. And I know you're judging all the moms and you're like, oh my gosh, I would never do that. Or I'm not going to do that. Or you just wait. I'm telling you (laughs) the best teacher on not to judge, which I absolutely love. Anyway, so the super hard day with Lincoln He's just crying, crying, crying. I would have loved to set him down. And that's what I always wanted to do. Be able to set my babies down for them to go to sleep. And then I could go do whatever I want. Have some me time, alone time, whatever. He would only sleep when I was holding him. I would set him down. He'd immediately wake up. Cry, 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 cry. So I was sitting on the couch. And I had Snapchat. And I Snapchatted like, He'll only sleep when I'm holding him or something. And I was just long day, frustrated, tired. And my grandma, you know, messaged me. And she said, just remember, they're really not little for long. And that hit me and that it's, I'll never forget. That was such a gift at that time. And that is something that I've truly treasured. And kept close to my heart and tried to remember every single day of my parenting. They're really not little for long. And now here we are and my baby is nine years old. And it's crazy. I can't believe it. So when I wrote this little guide, Lincoln was four years old, Jackson was three, and Kennedy was one. So I had three under four. I said three under four is no joke. I'm right there with you in the thick of motherhood and parenting. It's beautiful, messy, amazing, lonely, frustrating, full of love, joy, and all the things. Right? All right, so let's dive into how to connect. It starts with trust. See your child from the moment they come into this world as a whole, complete person ready to learn and grow. And you're going to trust them. You're going to trust that they know their wants and needs. 
even as an infant and a baby, as a toddler, they know. They'll eat when they're hungry. They'll roll over when they're ready. They'll talk and, they're, and they'll walk when they're ready. Your job isn't to get them to accomplish all of these developmental milestones. Trust that they know. Okay? That is your job. Is to trust and give them the opportunities to facilitate that learning. And I promise you, they'll do it when they're ready. And doesn't that just feel good? When you think those thoughts and you let go of all of that, like your baby will do it when they're ready. And that's why with Jackson, when he came along, it was like, oh, well, they all develop when they're ready. They all develop differently. Like, we're good. And I was like, oh, wait, like even brother who didn't crawl till 14 months and walked at 22 months, like he was even sitting at eight months old. So, hmm, Jackson wasn't yet. I was like, oh, I wonder if maybe there is something that we need to look into. And that's what started that process. So Magda, I think it's Magda Gerber. She's one of the, you'll learn from her. From That's who Janet learned from. Childhood is not a race to see how quickly a child can read, write, and count. It is a small window of time to learn and develop at the pace that is right for each individual child. Earlier is not better. Accept this baby and this child for who they are. Look forward to getting to know them. Are they loud or soft-spoken? Are they chill or a mover? Do they like being spontaneous or do they like structure? You will learn and pick up on these things very, very early on. That's the fun thing about being a parent. You realize, wow, these babies come with their personalities and with their, just how they are when they're born. And it's amazing. So much of who they are starts right at birth. Don't change who they are. Instead, help them develop all their strengths. Carol Tuttle is another one of my favorites that I read and studied and loved. The Child Whisperer. She says, I believe that the purpose of parenting is to raise children true to their natures so they can grow up feeling honored, confident, and free to be themselves. What a gift. How would have that been for you if you had parents that parented you in that way? Did you? Maybe you did. I feel like my parents did a pretty good job of that. And helping us be true to who we were and what we liked and what we wanted to do and to go after, you know, what we wanted. And that's probably where a lot of my confidence comes comes from. So from day one, you're going to talk to them with honest first person communication. Even your little teeny tiny baby, your brand new newborn from day one. They are a little person. They are a whole. They have a soul and a body and a mind, right? All the parts are coming together in this beautiful little baby. 
So tell your child exactly what you want and what you expect. Tell them what you're going to do. And you can count to help them anticipate. I'm going to lay you down and change your diaper. Let's get you dressed. I'm going to wipe off your nose or wipe off your face. Okay, let's wipe your nose. Are you ready? One, two, three. You're going to see this little baby and this little human as the little person they are. Okay? And it, maybe it's different at first if you're not used to this or if this is like a way, you know, to talk to a baby. But it doesn't take long to get used to. They are a person. You want to be respectful. Not only that, but it also helps with their language development, right? If you're talking so much to them since day one or from day one, they're going to have so much more vocabulary than if you're just being quiet and doing all the things to them. They will hear so many more words. So babies understand what's being said long before they can talk, right? I'm sure you've heard of using sign language with babies and that they can communicate months before they verbally can communicate. So I love using some basic sign language like milk, food, more, please, bath, sleep, around four months old. So you can start doing that at four months old. You say, do you want milk? And you know, it's like a cow, like you just squeeze your hand and obviously you Google all these signs and you can figure it out. They, and then babies can sign back anywhere from six to nine months old. And this helps because then they're able to communicate and they can say, I want milk. Well, they're not saying that, but they're signing it or food or more instead of screaming because they're frustrated that they can't communicate what they want. So take the time to connect with your baby as you're doing the daily mundane tasks. So I love this reminder of connecting with your baby through the mundane tasks. Well, I kind of think of this sometimes with my kids getting older. It's such a good reminder to still connect with them during these times because life is so crazy and it is so busy and it's go, go, go. And so to be able to connect with them during these moments is huge. And that can bring such a beauty into parenthood and motherhood and being a father because Instead of like, oh, I got to get them dressed, I brush their teeth, change their diaper, I got to make their milk another time. Like, you can use these moments to connect with your baby. Be present. Look into their eyes. Talk to them. Be playful. While you're changing their diaper, getting them dressed, brushing their teeth. Don't hurry or distract them through these tasks. Take the time to really connect. Also, when you can set some time aside, put your phone away and give your child your undivided attention, which I need this reminder too, right? Some of my favorite moments, and I'm sure you can relate, think back. Those moments, that's what life is, right? It's collecting these moments, these moments in life. And I'm sure when you look back, that some of your favorite are like when you were out in the backyard, when you played tag or when you were swinging on the swings, or when you went on that random walk around the neighborhood, right? Those moments are what make up our life. So don't miss them. Don't miss these moments and these memories that are 
totally made when we're intentional and we make that time with our kids. Do not expect life to do that because it won't. Express to them how much you love them, what you like about them. Give them hugs. Cuddle them. Eight seconds, right? Is that what Colin says? Hug your kids. Hug your teenagers. Hug your toddlers. Hug your babies for eight seconds. They need that. And we're so go, go, go. Trust me, I'm with you. I'm a busy person. I have to make myself slow down and connect and hug them and hold them. Okay? And this connection, seriously, this is huge with kids, okay? This will lessen bad behavior so much. Kids need connection. They need love. They need to be seen. Okay? That's a need. When you notice bad behavior, think about that. When's the last time we really connected? When's the last time that that baby had my undivided attention and I, and I wasn't always looking at my phone? Also, ask, when's the last time they ate or slept? Okay? Children get hangry. Seriously. 20 minutes ago they ate? I don't care. Get them a snack. <laughs> but really, like... And also, think of bad behavior or emotional outbursts as communication. What do they need? Oh, what do you need? Yeah, I see you're mad. What's up? And then you get to figure it out because they're a kid. They don't know. They're barely figuring it out. So they're tired, they're hungry, or they need connection. Huge ones, okay? And then you figured out, what does your kid need? Misbehavior is a call for help, okay? Emotions are a call for help. Communication. It's not your job to discipline. We're not disciplining emotions. We're not disciplining behavior. It's your job to figure out what they need and then teach them a better way to respond. They've only been on the earth for, insert age here, nine years, seven years, five years, and two years. Okay? Give them a break and help them learn. Be confident in your role as a mother or a father. Kids need to know that they can trust us with this and that we've got this. We're on their team. And especially when you're setting a limit, you've got to be like confident and strong in that. Because you know that energy where it's just like, right? Wishy-washy, like, and it's okay to change your mind. It's totally fine. I do it all the time. And so will your kids. Like that's it's fine to change your mind. And I think it's fine to for kids to learn that. It's okay to change your mind. But then once you decide, then you need to try to be firm and consistent. So if you don't want your child like jumping on the couch or eating in the living room, then that needs to be firm and consistent, right? Don't be like, one day you can, one day you can't. Even though, I mean, that sometimes happens. <laughs> it's pretty much a rule at our house. We don't eat in the living room and on the couch. But sometimes Jack is the sass and he wants to, and I don't, sometimes I don't care. So this was when I had babies. So see, you continue to learn and grow. But when I wrote this guide, respectful parenting isn't permissive at all. 
It's not. Children need our guidance and they need to be taught. Okay? Respectful parenting is a change in attitude. It's a change in mindset. A change in thoughts. Okay? And instead of using fear, shame, and guilt, we trust, we help, and we teach our kids in a loving way and respect the people that they are. So if there's something you don't want your child to do, you're going to set a limit. This is how we guide and teach them. If you're starting to get feel yourself get frustrated, set a limit. And this may be something that you do over and over again. And you're going to stay calm. You don't let their behavior or their emotions upset you. You are their calm, confident leader. Janet Lansbury talks about that all the time, and I love it. Being that leader makes all the difference for them. So you remain calm, and you state the limit in a matter-of-fact tone. I won't let you hit. That's not safe. I won't let you bite. That hurts. I want you to keep your food on the table, or we'll put it away. Please walk, or I'll have to carry you. And then you have a natural consequence. So block if they try to hit again and let them know what they can hit. I won't let you hit me, but you can hit the couch or this pillow. I won't let you yell at me, but you can go outside or you can get a pillow and scream in that. Same with biting. I won't let you bite. Biting hurts. You can bite this toy, bite this pillow. If they throw some, some of their food, then mealtime can be over. Oh, throwing your food lets me know you're all done. Let's clean up. Then you can ask them, are you done? Okay, if you're not, then you need to keep food on your plate. We don't play with it. So you need to eat or we're going to clean up and be all done. And if they start to run, pick them up. You're having a hard time walking, so I'll carry you. And you pick them up. Here's the good part. Then you're going to have emotions that come, right? And you're going to accept them. You really wanted to hit me. That made you mad. Wow, you're really frustrated right now. You're sad that dinner is over. You really wanted to throw your food. I hear you. You really wanted to run around. I know. And you just validate and you accept. With the dinner, make sure they are full. Make sure they're done before you take their food away. Let them get that belly full. And you notice how good kids are at intuitively eating. So next, we're going to accept emotions. My favorite, favorite. I've loved emotions from the beginning. So starting from when your baby is a little baby and they're crying, and that's how they communicate, right? That's how they tell us that they need or they want something. And then through the toddler years, they communicate a ton with their emotions. Maybe that's partly why emotions can be triggering. Emotions aren't something that need to be hushed or punished. They just need to be accepted. Children need to feel their feelings and let them out. And so do you. Everyone needs to feel their feelings. They're just feelings. They're just vibrations in your body. It's okay. 
Sometimes with kids too, what they're feeling has nothing to do with what's going on around them. And they just might need to get it out. And get some built up emotions out. And I'm sure you can relate or you're like, oh, when your kid comes home from school, when they come home from playing with friends, when they, you know, just like you, when you need your downtime and you need to release, that's how kids are going to do it. Maybe they got their feelings hurt at school too. And they come home and they get mad about something and start freaking out or crying. And you're like, what in the world? Like, that had nothing to do with, like, that reaction is not paired with what just happened. Does that make sense? Because they need to get it out. And so they don't need their mom and dad freaking out on out on them or telling them to be quiet or go to their room. Right? I get it. Sometimes we all do that. But we're their safe place. So let them. Let them be safe in their emotions, whether it's happy, whether it's sad, frustrated, mad. It's okay. It's okay to be all of those things. It's not okay to hit. It's not okay to kick. It's not okay to bite. And that's what we teach. Emotions are a huge part of life. Obviously, right? We're humans. We experience emotions. We always will. So we need to know what they are. We need to know how to accept them and how to handle them. And this is huge. If you can master this and pass this on to your kids, it's the best gift you could ever give them. Do not take your children's emotions upon yourself. Do not take your spouse's emotions on yourself, your friends, your neighbors, whoever's. You are not in charge of anyone's emotions but your own. You don't get to control anyone's emotions but your own. Because what creates emotion? Their thoughts. It's not just what happened or you. It's your thoughts that are creating your emotions. Okay? So we get to know this about the world around us and we get to accept them. And it's amazing. If you get hurt and someone's like, get up, you're fine. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. Like, how does that feel? I hate when someone says something like that. If I'm, like, sad or hurt or mad. I'm like, no, I'm not fine. I just got hurt. I freaking fell and scraped my knee and that hurt. So don't do it to your kids. How do you feel? Yeah, when you're sad and frustrated and someone says, it's not a big deal. Get over it. You'll be fine. Right? And maybe you grew up in a home where that's how it was handled. And it's not validating at all. Right? And it leaves you feeling like misunderstood, dismissed, maybe even wrong. When you validate your own emotions, when you validate your spouse's emotions, when you validate your kids' emotions, they will feel heard and understood. They will be able to handle their emotions and get over conflict so much quicker. It's amazing. They'll be able to process because they'll know what they feel. And then you can teach them that their thoughts create that emotion. And they'll be able 
to grow up emotionally intelligent. And man, that's the best gift you could ever give. The more I learn, the more I study as a coach, this is such a gift. This is huge. This is everything. Emotions, they're everything. So you want to accept the emotion, validate your child, and then you're going to label the emotion. So you're at the store and they want a toy. We're not going to buy a toy today. Please put it back on the shelf. And we did this. Do you remember when I shared we went to Walmart? And they were so good. All of them. There was maybe one that, like, Kennedy consistently asked or really wanted to buy something. Nope, we're not buying something today. Put it back, please. We're here to look. We're just going to look. And then they're going to cry and they're going to whine or, you know, maybe get upset. I know that made you sad. You really wanted that toy. That would be so fun to buy all these toys, wouldn't it? Like, can you just see how that feels? They want to watch a show and screen time's over. You really want to watch a show right now. I hear you. I know. That's frustrating when screen time is over, huh? I won't let you hit me, but you can hit the couch. So you accept it. You set the limit or what you want or what's happening. They're going to react. They're going to have an emotional response and you're going to accept it. Because you're their calm, confident leader and you know exactly what to do. Changing their diaper. Crying, kicking, trying to roll over. You really don't want to change your diaper. This is making you really mad. We're almost done. Know that it's okay when your child has big emotions. It's okay if you have big emotions, if your spouse has big emotions. But know what causes them. It's their thoughts. It's their thoughts that are creating that big emotion. And if they're little, they're not going to really know how to process it or how to handle it or how to act. And they're going to learn that from you. And that's why the work you do and you are the most important work you'll ever do. So know that it's totally age appropriate. It's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about, especially when you're out in public. Allowing them to feel their emotions and be heard is very validating. You're going to accept and label them and that will help with their emotional intelligence. They will learn very young and quickly what they're feeling and they will be able to express it. These skills will serve them for the rest of their life. From Janet Lansbury, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, my favorite book that changed the game for me, go get it. It's always hardest to remember to acknowledge a child in the heat of a difficult moment, but if a child can hear anything during a temper tantrum, it reassures him to hear our recognition of his point of view. You wanted an ice cream cone and I said no. It's upsetting not to get what you want. When a toddler feels understood, he senses the empathy behind our limits and corrections. He still might re- or he still resists, cries and complains, but at the end of the day, he knows we are with him, always in his corner. These first years will define our relationship for many years to come. So good. This not only helps your child, but it also helps you. If you put this into practice, and this is how I began learning about emotions and where it all started, 
years and years ago, you will become very aware of your own emotions and it's okay to have and experience them. And I still didn't know what created them. I had no idea my thoughts created my emotions until my coach told me that and then I had my kitchen sink moment. So we're going to be happy, sad, mad, frustrated, excited, all of it. And our choice is how we handle them, how we react. If we're going to accept it and let it be there, let it be in our body. We're just going to notice it and validate it and then let it communicate to you. What's it telling you? When you start getting frustrated with your child, that can be a hint that a limit needs to be set. Take a break. Tell your child, I'm feeling frustrated right now, so I need to go take a break. And then go into the other room, take deep breaths, whatever you need to be to do. And you will set a great example of how to handle, you know, when you get frustrated or mad or even just breathing right then. Like, don't even leave. Just breathe. And be like, sorry, I need a moment. I'm feeling frustrated. And you're going to feel it in your body. And it's so frustrating, right? And you're not going to react. You're going to take a deep breath and then you get to choose to respond. Okay? And I can tell you this works from experience because my four-year-old's preschool teacher sent me a text one day and she said, I just want you to know how much I love that Lincoln is so good at explaining feelings and thoughts. Today, another friend was upset that someone did something. So Lincoln said, Jackson, I don't think our friend likes that. You're hurting his feelings when you make those choices. It was so, so awesome. And the other preschoolers respond to that. It's such an amazing social skill to have. So that was when Lincoln was four years old, his preschool teacher. It works. And it's amazing. So now routine. If you have a baby, this is huge. Start from day one and have a predictable routine. So I knew I didn't want my baby to fit in a clock. I knew babies didn't fit in a clock, but I wanted to have something, you know, a routine. I got this from the Baby Whisperer by Tracy Hogg. It's called the Easy Routine. She outlines it for you. Eat, awake, sleep, and then there's time for you. So the Easy Routine, E-A-S-Y, eat, awake, sleep, and then there's time for you. So you can't fit a baby into a clock, but you can easily follow a routine. Times will change, right? But the routine remains the same. So it's so amazing. I love it so much. You know what to do. You know what your baby needs. You know exactly how to help them. It's amazing. If you just fed them, they've been awake for a while, and then they start to cry, then you'll know. Oh, they're tired. You won't think, oh, they're hungry. Oh, they must be hungry again. I need to get a bottle. No, they already ate and they've been up. So they're tired. And if they start to root, you know how babies do that. Don't confuse it and think it's hunger. They just want a binky. A lot of babies want to suck to go to sleep. That's also what I learned from that book. I had no idea. No idea about newborns and babies and all these things. 
So this is so, so helpful when you have a newborn. This is what changed the game for me. This is what changed my life. After three months of, holy heck, Lincoln cried and cried and cried. I had no idea what I was doing. Finally figured it out because of this. This book literally changed my life. So I swear by this and contribute all my chill, easy baby going, easy going babies to this routine. They were all so perfect, so good, so sweet. Give them their binky blankie in their car seat, they'd fall asleep. Give, swaddle them up until four months, three, four months old. Swaddle them, put them down, binky, they'd go to sleep on their own. And it's a skill you have to learn, so let's talk about that. Sleep. You have to teach your baby how to fall asleep on their own. Isn't that interesting? You don't think about that as that being a skill that is learned, right? So you think, oh, sleep, like we have to do it. It's normal. It's natural. <laughs> kind of like nursing. <gasps> nope. It's a skill. It has to be learned. So is nursing. Not sure why this stuff can't just like be easy and just natural and right. So watch for the cues from your baby. As soon as they start to yawn or rub their eyes, you're going to go lay them down. And I'm going to tell you what I do and what works for me. If it works for you too, great. If not, that's okay too. You have to do what works for you and your family, even this whole entire guide. Take what works for you. Take what resonates. Take what is work like resonates right now in your journey. And if it works, fantastic. If not, then you keep reading, you keep listening to podcasts, and you find what works for you. Whatever you want to do, you have to think about the future and be consistent. Do you always want to rock your baby to sleep? Do you want to nurse them to sleep a year from now? Do you always want them to fall asleep in your bed, stroller, the car? If the answer is great, yes. If the answer is yes, fantastic. If the answer is no, then figure out what habits you're okay with continuing. Babies get used to things very quickly, which can be a good thing if you want to try something new, but that's also why I suggest starting with what you want from the very beginning. And this is why people have a hard time and why you have to sleep train, quote unquote. I don't sleep train because I do this from the very beginning and my babies learn how to fall asleep and they're used to what we do. And so that's what we keep doing. I don't nurse them to sleep and have them sleep in my bed and have them be by me. And then all of a sudden just go put them in their room and in their bed. And okay, see ya. Like, good night. Yeah, I'd be screaming and crying too. Like, hello. So you got to start from the very beginning with how you want things to go. And your baby will get so used to it. And it's so easy. So darken their room, close the blinds, swaddle them, lay them down in their bed, give them a binky. We love binkies. We love the mam ones. My babies all loved those, even the big ones when they were little. And they stay in. They stay in their mouth. And then you're going to turn on the white noise and walk out of the room. They'll learn that that means sleep. They'll fall asleep on their own. And then there's time for you. You can go take a break. You can go to sleep. You could eat. You could shower. 
You could clean your house. You could write in your journal. You could meditate. You could take my course. I mean, the options are unlimited. It's just what are you going to do now, right? <laughs> That's always the hard part. If they're having a hard time going down, they may be overtired or overstimulated. Babies, especially newborns, get overstimulated very easily. So they should be sleeping most of the day. If they're not, they're overtired. Babies need sleep. Okay, welcome to the life of a newborn. Eat, sleep, poop, repeat. That's what they do. So this easy routine is very, there's not really awake time. And be aware of your surroundings. So loud noise, music, bright lights. That's very stimulating for a baby. So that's why I suggest laying them down right when they yawn or rub their eyes. Because if they're overtired, then turn off the white noise. And they may need to release some emotions in order to settle down. So I always could tell the difference because my babies would cry and cry and cry and cry and like not stop. So I knew that was communication that they needed something else. If they're overtired or they're overstimulated, they're going to cry for a little bit and then they'll eventually pass out. So just let them get it out and then they'll pass out. Give them more time to settle down before the next nap. If that happens, you don't want that happening because that is not fun. Most babies like to be swaddled until around three months old. So it helps mimic the womb, keeps them feeling safe. They also won't wake themselves up with their startle reflex. reflex. If you have a baby, you know what I'm talking about. Sweet newborns, they don't know how to control their arms and their hands and all the things. So around three months old... Watch their cues, and if they keep breaking out, they're probably done. So my babies would totally break out around three months. And then I would just still kind of wrap them up, but leave their arms out. And then I or and or I give them a smaller soft blanket when I lay them down unswaddled. So most babies like to suck to go to sleep. When I kind of what I talked about earlier. Hence the binky. And why some suck their thumb or why they fall asleep while they're eating. And why a lot of moms nurse their babies to sleep. Because they get in that habit. They think their baby wants to eat, so they go to nurse them, and then the baby falls asleep. So then that becomes the habit and the routine, right? So if they've recently been ate and then they've been awake, they're most likely tired. So don't confuse that rooting and think they're hungry. Try a binky. And like I said, if you do this, you won't have to sleep train your baby. Yeah, you won't have to sleep train your baby because you've already taught them how to fall asleep all on their own. A priceless gift for both of you for sure. They'll be able to sleep anywhere. In the car, stroller, someone else's house. It's the best thing ever. Now let's talk about unwanted behavior. Biting, hitting, yelling. Every toddler will go through a biting, hitting, yelling stage. It's totally age appropriate. 
and interesting that it's human nature, right? They're learning so much through these toddler years. These acting out behaviors are a sign that your child needs help. They're tired, hungry, want attention. You get to figure that out. Remember, you're that detective. You get to figure out what they need. You're going to remain calm. Keep your tone of voice very calm, matter of fact. As hard as that is sometimes, your reaction will determine if the behavior continues or not. Attention is attention. So don't give it attention or power to upset you. Calmly state the limit and what they can do. I won't let you bite. You can bite this toy. I won't let you hit me. That hurts. You can hit the couch or a pillow. I don't want you to yell. I can't understand you when you talk like that. You can yell in your pillow or go outside. If they try to bite you or hit you again, block them. And you might say, I can see you're having a hard time not hitting. I'm going to sit on the couch. As always, accept all the emotions that come. I hear you. You really wanted to bite me. You're mad right now. You really wanted to hit me. Yep, I know. That's hard. Don't give the hitting, biting, yelling any power or attention, or it could continue. Even if you handle it perfectly, it can continue. But I promise as you're consistent with being and remaining calm, stating the limit, the behavior will go away. Give more attention to them playing, being silly, anything and everything that you want them to do. Give all your attention to that. Less attention to what you don't want. I even had a friend one time say, like she totally remembered doing stuff just for attention. I'm like, are you serious? Isn't that interesting? Attention is more likely that the behavior will continue Ignore or little to no attention, less likely that the behavior will continue. Remember this for all unwanted behaviors. Any attention, for example, speaking to them, telling them why you don't like it when they hit, is still attention. And I know you want to keep kids safe, right? You want to ignore the behavior, not your child. So sometimes that might mean walking away turning away, not responding. Okay, highlight this paragraph. It's what I say in the little book. I promise you can get rid of so many attention-seeking behaviors by doing just this. Lying. I don't think toddlers are intentionally lying when it comes to some things they might tell you. They are learning what is real and what is fake. Even though they might know how to distinguish between the two, they still have a huge imagination. Hence, Santa Claus. When you notice that your toddler is telling you something that isn't true, ask them. Is this real life or is this a story? Explain that a story is pretend and something that didn't really happen. Help them learn the difference between telling the truth, lying, and why it's important to always tell the truth. When your child whines or complains, join them. Let me explain. 
Don't take what they say personally or become defensive. Don't start a power struggle or start lecturing them. Ain't nobody got time or energy for that. Agree with them. They'll feel heard, validated, understood, and move on. Example, they want a big toy, not a small one. Remain calm. Accept their emotions. And you might say, I know, big toys are super fun. I like big toys too. They want to go to Cherry Hill, a local water park, because you never do anything fun. That would be super fun to go to Cherry Hill. You love swimming, don't you? I wish we could play all day, every day too. That would be amazing. They want cereal, not eggs for breakfast. I want cereal too. It is pretty dang delicious. I wish we could eat it all the time too. Accept any emotions that come. I hear you. You really want a big toy, I know. That makes you really sad that we can't go to a water park today, huh? I know, that's hard. You really want that cereal. I know, I hear you. Validate, validate, validate. Desired behavior. Positive reinforcement, which is adding a reward or praise for a desired behavior, changes behavior. I think this is the most undermined tool in parenting and in any sort of learning environment. We're all familiar with it. We all learned about it in high school psychology class. Google BF Skinner if you're not remembering. So why don't we use it? It's pretty easy to remember to get after your child when they're being annoying, loud, making you mad or frustrated, right? But what about all the good that they do? I see this happen all the time. We as parents just let all that good behavior go unnoticed. No wonder kids are annoying and loud and make us frustrated. Because they're trying to get our attention. This is something we have to remember and be intentional about. If you want to see a behavior continue, praise your child when you see that behavior or when they're doing it. Tell them. Let them know that you noticed and that you're proud of them. They want to make you proud. Remember the opposite if you see a behavior you don't want to continue. Ignore the behavior. Don't give it any attention or power. Keep kids safe, but just ignore it. I promise you it makes such a huge difference. And I try to do this with my kids constantly. Thank you so much for helping. Thank you for getting along and playing. I love how you guys are playing with each other. I try to tell them what what I love and what I want to see more of. I try to tell them constantly. If you are in any sort of teaching or coaching position, focus on positive reinforcement. This is so huge. Oh my gosh. And I would go to my sister's gymnastics meet or I'd go to the hospital when my brother got burned or so many things. And I can't, I just can't like people, 
Don't tell them what you don't want them to do. Or that is what their brain will focus on. Tell them what you want them to do. Okay? This is so huge. Walk, please. Instead of, don't run. Hands behind your back. Instead of, don't touch. Point your toes. Instead of, don't flex. Tell them what you want them to do. Because if you tell them what you don't want them to do, that's what they're hearing. That's what they're focusing on. Your energy goes where your focus goes. Put their energy and their focus on what you want them to do. Walk, please. Hands behind your back. Whisper. Point your toes. Raise your hand. Okay? Praise them when you see the behavior you want to continue. I've been to so many therapy appointments, gymnastic practices, and sports practices where this is totally missed. It makes me sad for the child who is trying so hard to do the right thing. And then when they do something that you've been wanting, throw a party, especially in therapy. That's hard work. High five, all the praise, loud, annoying voice, all of it. It's such an easy thing to do and something that will make a huge difference. Even for you moms. When your kid does something that you want or that you've been telling them or, you know, make a big deal about it. Give them that attention. Kids want attention. So put your attention to what you want instead of when they're loud and annoying and frustrating. Praise can be all kinds of things. A high five, encouraging words, thumbs up, clapping. They're all rewarding. Here are some rewarding things you can say. Way to go. You're such a good helper in the family. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Wow, I didn't know you could do that. You did that all on your own. Wow, that was really fast. You're such a good brother or sister. I love when you... You're amazing. Doing something that they don't want to do. Explain to your child ahead of time where you're going and what's going to happen. We're going to go get your hair cut. They might have little buzzers that make a noise and it might tickle. You might even talk about being brave, doing something even though we're scared, and share a time when you were brave. My kids love that. Whenever I tell them, I know, I I kind of felt like that too. One time, you know, when you think of a story, walk into the salon and give them a minute to get used to their surroundings. If they start being resistant and don't want to sit in the chair, you might say, you're a little nervous. Do you not want to get your hair cut today? Do you want to do it another day? Or do you want to be brave? You choose. Let them decide. Take the pressure off. Put the ball in their court. Remember, they're so little. You have to really mean it or they'll feel it. I never make my children do something that they don't want to do. Nothing is really that urgent that it has to be done that day. So for like with a haircut or the dentist or, you know, 
I know you want to get things done and you don't want to take the time and schedule it again and go out and write. But every single time I've done this, it's worked. If they don't want to, I reschedule, except for therapy. But every single time I've done this with haircuts, dentist, blood work, my oldest, four years old now, has decided to be brave and has done it. I've never had to reschedule. When they decide to be brave and do it, give them all the praise in the world, and you might even go to Target and get a toy after. Way to go, buddy. You're being so brave. I'm so proud of you. You're such a big boy or girl. You're doing it. Aren't you proud of yourself? I told my four-year-old that we had to go get our blood work done for genetics research study that we're a part of. My second son has an undiagnosed genetics disorder. He immediately started crying, freaking out. He hates shots, anything to do with it. I explained to him why we had to do it, that I would be with him, and that it would be quick. And then I said, you don't have to do it today. You can do it another day with dad. He immediately calmed down and said, okay, I don't want to do it today. I want to do it another day. I explained that he had to get it done, but that he could decide if he wanted to do it that day or a different day. He told me, I'm going to cry because I don't like shots. I told him it was totally fine if he cries. So I was loading up the other two in the stroller. He said, Mom, I'm going to be brave. I said, wow, you are? Awesome, buddy. I'm so proud of you. And gave him a high five. I asked him if he wanted to go first or Jackson. He wanted Jackson to go first. He didn't like seeing Jackson cry, but he still got right up on my lap. He started to cry and move his arm. We explained he needed to hold still and that it would be quick. I held him and I told him, good job, buddy. You're doing it. You're being so brave. I know it hurts. We're almost done. I was so, so proud of him. He chose to be brave and totally conquered a fear all on his own at four years old. We, of course, went to Target right after and let him pick out a toy. Do the same thing with brushing their teeth, cutting their nails. Explain to them what you're going to do and count to help them prepare. Sing a song and make it fun. When I cut my kids' nails, we sing the ABCs. And when we brush their teeth, I make up my own song. Or you can get the Elmo song. It's super annoying, but go Google that. (laughs) Make it fun for them. And don't forget all the praise when they're doing it. Let's brush your teeth open wide. Wow, way to go, buddy. You're so good at brushing your teeth. We don't want any cavities. You did it. Thank you for being such a good helper. Self-directed play. The best kind of toys are open-ended toys where kids are free to use their imagination. Bowls, fake food, costumes to dress up in, books, balls, blocks, trains, cars, containers to put stuff in. Start from the very beginning and lay your baby down on a blanket so they can move freely. As they're able to, move and grab toys, set toys around them, let them explore. Watching your child explore and play is one of the best things. Being able to explore random toys and objects will foster this independent play. You don't have to entertain your child. 
In fact, I think it's best not to. Let them initiate the play. Let them check out what is around them. There's a whole world. It's all new. Be present and watch them when you when your schedule will allow. But this is also helpful when you need to work or cook dinner. They can continue to play without you. And then as they get older, they just go in the toy room and play with their dolls or their Barbies. Next, love yourself. I'm mostly going to talk to all the moms here, but this can apply to you too, dads. And while I'm at it, dads, love your wife unconditionally. And make sure she knows that. You will give her a confidence she didn't know she needed. You have to take care of you, mama. You have to love yourself. This is so important to do so you can take care of everyone around you. You can't let your cup get empty or you'll have nothing left to give. I need you to fill your cup so full that it constantly overflows. Be patient with yourself. Some days maybe you'll only be half full and that's okay. Give yourself grace. You aren't going to be perfect, like I always talk about, right? None of us are. We weren't made to be perfect. We're not on this earth to be perfect. So lower that dang bar. Give yourself permission to make mistakes. Know that you're going to. You're going to make them again and again and again. That's life. But luckily for us, we get to keep trying. Even me, I wrote this book. I know this stuff inside and out. I still make mistakes. That's life. How do you fill your cup so full that it constantly overflows? You're going to start by loving yourself. Every inch. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of it. Love yourself so much that you don't need to seek it anywhere else. Those stretch marks and extra saggy skin, yep, you're going to love that too. Look what that body did for you. Look what that body gave you. If you've experienced infertility or you are, I'm sorry for all the heartache you've experienced. I know that isn't easy. I don't know what that's like, but I need you to love your body too. I need you to accept it for what it is, what it does, and what it has done for you. Maybe it won't be able to give you a baby right now, but what has it done? What does it do for you every single day? So much. Accept it and love it anyway. Your body isn't wrong. It's not broken. Something is different. And different is okay. Love everything about your body. And be grateful you have it. That's why we came to this earth. So that our spirit could get a body. Look what that body does for you day in and day out without you even thinking about it. Pretty incredible if you ask me. 
When negative thoughts enter your mind, I want you to replace it with something positive every single time. I am beautiful. I am strong. I am capable. I am a warrior. I look good in these pants. I look pretty. I love my hair. Do you see how long I've been working on this stuff? This is when Lincoln was four years old. I barely started going to the gym, like, consistently, what, last year? And I lost weight, like, two years ago. It's such a journey, you guys. So enjoy it, okay? Enjoy that journey. Give yourself grace. You're on it. You're doing amazing. You're listening to this. You're learning. You're growing. You've got this. Just keep going. That's what I'm doing. Find a way to move your body. Do you like to go to the gym? Do you like classes? Do you like to go on a walk with your baby or the dog? Do you like to lift weights, yoga, swim? Do you like to run? Whatever you like to do, do that. Make time and schedule it on your calendar. That was huge for me. That's how I started going consistently. I looked at the gym and I was like, okay, I like high fitness. And I'm going to look it up. Okay, Tuesday and Thursday. Awesome. Babysitter, Tuesday and Thursday. Okay, let's go. And that's when we lived in Clearfield. So that was 2017, I believe. And it doesn't have to be every day, okay? Your story should be, I take care of my body and I go to the gym every day or I move my body every single day. That's a great story to have. It doesn't really have to be, but that'll get you there. That'll get you being consistent. Listen to your body. Do what works for you. I usually don't like too much structure on my calendar. It stresses me out. And this was, you know, back in the day. It's still pretty similar. I like to go with the flow. I like, I really, really do. I have the gym on my schedule three times a week, and that is what works for me right now. Do what works for you. It feels good to move your body and get that heart rate up. Do it because it's healthy and good for you. We should want to take good care of our bodies because they are a gift, and we only get one. Also, work out and go to the gym for your mental health. You always hear that, right? It's the most underrated antidepressant because it's true. When you go to the gym, if you know the mini model, if you go to the gym, that'll change your emotion. That'll help change your thoughts. If you go to the gym, that's going to get your neurotransmitters up and those things in your brains. And you can research and look at that. I don't know all the words and the things for that, but we know that's how it works, right? So do it. Eat food to fuel your body and your mind and your soul. Don't restrict. Don't diet. Don't punish yourself because you had a treat. I'm all about that intuitive eating. Okay? Google or listen to podcasts about this. Absolutely love it. If this is your jam and this kind of vibes with you, do it. It's amazing. This can change your relationship with food. I have health as a priority for myself, my family, and I do my best. I want you to do that too. Enjoy your favorite treat when you want it. 
enjoy your favorite treat when it's somebody's birthday. When it's your birthday. Give yourself permission to eat anything and everything. Obviously not all at once or all the time because that isn't good for anybody to do. Right? Anybody, anybody, get it? (laughs) Just listen to your body. I promise it's freeing and you will enter into a healthy relationship with food and with your body. And that is what I want for you. I don't know whose quote this is, but my therapist once told me, this was an old therapist actually, took me like five to find the one that I use and love now, but this is the one at one point anyway. Resistance to what is, is the cause of human suffering. It's not what is, but the resistance to it and what we're thinking about it. I think this is so powerful and we can apply this in so many different ways. Accepting brings peace. Acceptance brings contentment. Acceptance brings joy. Accept and love this body you were given. Accept and love this body that has changed over the years. You aren't your 20-year-old self anymore. Unless you're 20 and you're listening to this. LOL. (laughs) Love and accept your body for what it is right now. Love and accept you for who you are right now. I promise as you take care of yourself, you will be able to better show up for yourself and for your family. Parenting isn't easy. It's not supposed to be. It's the path to become. Sometimes kids make us feel a little crazy. We get mad, frustrated, and make mistakes. But I hope as you put some of these things into practice, it will be few and far between. Enjoy every moment with that precious baby or toddler. And remember, it really won't be like this for long. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. Don't forget, you can go to my website, jennagines.com. Click on free. You can sign up for my website if you haven't yet. If you have, you can log in and you'll click free downloads and you'll see them all load up there. You have parenting with respect, a journal workbook, the model workbook, ditch depression for good workbook, and how to live an extraordinary life intro workbook. This is going to go along with my course. So there's a little intro for you. So go download them, especially this guide, Parenting with Respect. Read it, highlight it, read it again. Feel free to ask me any questions. And I hope it was helpful. Thanks again for listening, friends. Have a fabulous Monday. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. If you liked today's episode, please share it on your social media, with your family and friends, with somebody that you thought of while you were listening. That's how this show grows and the information gets out there so we can help people live their best life and love it. If you haven't, go to my website, jennagines.com and sign up and then click on free and you can download all the free downloads that I have. I think I have like five workbooks. So download them, print them out, use them to do the work, use them to create awareness, 
Use them to change your own life. If you like this episode, you like my free downloads, then you're going to love my course. It's going to come out on November 10th. You can also join that wait list for any updates and information where I'm going to teach you the five pillars to living an extraordinary life. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week, my friends.